Thomas. Nate, you there, buddy? Yes. Well, yes, good sir. evening, sir. Well, good evening to you, too. Out there on the on the hitch, I hear. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the middle of West Virginia in the Holiday Inn right now, so. Oh, just a Holiday Inn, not a Holiday Inn Express? Uh, I don't pay that much attention. <laughs> so, all right, well, welcome to the, I don't know, 10th, 11th, I don't know, I quit counting episode and uh we haven't decided what we're gonna call this little once a month segment probably um safety time with thomas maybe that sounds like a little kid's show you know (laughs) welcome back to safety time yeah we'll we'll come up with something we'll Uh, call it tool time tool tool time yeah tool time with thomas there you go triple t there we go i like it so yeah i didn't feel like driving from a town to East Palestine this weekend, so <laughs> Man, no worries. Yeah, so yeah, so I guess we'll just we'll just do basic uh basics safety today, uh talking about uh, I guess boots and uh safety glasses. Well I wanna say hello to all the listeners of the podcast. First and foremost, we are recording this in the middle of January and regardless of where you're listening to this, whether it be Ohio, PA, West Virginia, here in the Northeast, anywhere you are in the country, up here in the Northeast, it's it's pretty cold. We've been dealing with up and down temperatures and so the freezing thaw cycle. So right now in the upstream projects that I'm working, it's just a complete mud hole out there. <laughs> so uh, in the morning, it's below freezing and gets above freezing like mid midday. Yeah, I think it was up. Uh... 40 today yeah it, it uh definitely warmed up today which was nice but then of course with all the truck traffic and everything going on in the upstream uh operations it's just a complete mud hole out there so oh, mud soup oh it, it's it's terrible but that leads me into my the first topic about your footwear safety footwear now, regardless of where you work, whether it's general industry, if you work construction, you're midstream, upstream, whatever the case may be, having the proper footwear is a step in the right direction. No pun intended there, but that was <laughs> that was fucking fantastic. So it works. It works. Starting out by purchasing the the right boots for the environmental conditions that you're going to be working in. So. With me, I'm still wearing my slip-ons. I haven't switched to like an insulated chemical boot yet. So I just have my square toe uh, slip-ons out there, my Justins, and and those seem to uh, keep my feet dry for the most part. Um, And they're brand new, so they've got probably two, three months on them now. But the tread is still really good. So the work environment that I'm in, I can go from containment to metal, to mud, to wood, to plastics. It just doesn't matter out there. And so having the correct tread, right? So this is a little promo. If if your boots are getting worn out, make sure that you go and purchase new ones. Hopefully the company organization that you work for, if you're self-employed, you know, I I know it's pretty difficult there out in the job market, but things are picking up, at least in the oil and gas industry. Week over week, the rig count has gone up. So if you work... Midstream, I know some of the projects are kind of hurting right now, but uh, hold in there because the the upstream community is starting to tick back up. Rig count is increasing. I know that we just brought out another rig on our projects. So 
the the projects are starting to move. That's good to hear. It's starting to move in the right direction. The oil oil prices, if you haven't been paying attention, mid January here, are are slowly increasing and creeping. So there's been some good articles out there about uh, the U.S. oil and gas industry and exportations and things of that nature. But we as employees also have to remember as the uptick happens and we come back from layoff or we come back from being off for a period of time that we have to invest in ourselves a little little bit. And I know that can be difficult because I, for one, have totes in my basement or they were in my basement when I was laid off and just had all my work stuff in it. Boots, rain slickers, the whole nine yards, helmet, gloves, everything was just kept in a tote. And then when I got called back, you know, I pulled the totes out, but I did do myself a favor and reinvest in my footwear and reinvest in myself. Uh, Starting with the, there may be rules for different organizations out there. I know in the upstream community, it can vary between uh, various operators out there, whether you have to have lace up metatars or yeah, metatarsal. Wow. I almost said metacarpal there, <laughs> but, uh, it's been a long day. So yeah, I've been up since 3am and it's now going on 6 30 PM. Yeah. So oh. that's why we're going to keep it, keep it kind of short. Oh, it's not, so. I appreciate that, but it's not a problem. So your different organizations out there may have different governing rules concerning, uh, the amount, the footwear that you can wear. I know for a period of time, some of these operators were using lace up for the ankle protection. Um, and so last couple of years, they got really relaxed with that. So guys wearing anything from slip ons to mucks to, you know, lace ups, there's just a wide variety of, of boots out there. Yeah. On my place, uh, two stipulations. It has to have a pronounced heel and it has to be safety or steel toe. So like hooker stripper heels work, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I haven't broke out the, the, the knee-high nine-inch stilettos yet. Hey. i got to figure out how to make them steel toe, though. Let's... Well, they make them little yellow guards, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll get a pair of those and put on there. Yeah, and then you can sell the you know your pictures on your OnlyFans account. Yeah. You didn't know that people knew about that, did you? <laughs> oh. Yeah. I've... I shouldn't have given it to you for free. Oh man, you know I'm your best customer. Yeah. Three ninety nine. I'm liking all those photos. <laughs> I don't know. It's... Yeah, I'm the only one in uh in well, we have an engineer but he, he wears slip ons, but everybody else is is all lace ups, so Well that that's where it starts is uh, you know, at a ground level with the proper footwear because you're going to be on your feet for for you know whether eight hours 12 hours or longer a day and having some guys i know use dr shoals the the uh inserts and everything do yourself a favor pay the 20 bucks get yourself the the inserts for your insert uh for your foot for your boots excuse me and uh you know, so you're able to stand on your feet. It can alleviate a lot of back issues. It can alleviate, you know, if you have high arches and different things. Um, you know, those oh, those are good socks. Good socks. Got to have good socks. Well, yes, that, that's a big one too. And we're, oh, I'm going to go a step further here in regards to the safety. <clears throat> Having wet feet and trying to work yeah. for 12, 13 hours, like your boots get wet or whatever the case may be. Uh, so always carry an extra pair of socks or a change of clothes. Uh, that's one lesson that I've always learned. 
and worst case scenario, like Walmart bags, you know, to protect you. Uh, If you know your boots are are still wet, uh, just get you some bags, slip them in there uh, between your socks and, and, you know, the the sole of the boot there. So your feet stay dry during the day. I I remember as a child, that's going to spread bags. bags, Yes. Yes. Well, here's a little, little tidbit, little save you. Uh, if you don't have one of those fancy boot dryers, newspaper, just stuff some newspaper in your boots. They'll be dry in the morning. Oddly enough, we used to, we did that for uh, cleats when I played soccer in high school. Your cleats would be bone dry, and they keep their shape. And caught up on the latest news stories. So yeah, there you go. But yeah, but uh, oddly enough, I actually have two boot dryers in my hotel room right now, and <laughs> yeah, there you go. But uh, at the end of the day, starting with the proper footwear and working your way up, uh, you know, safety glasses. This is probably one of the biggest uh, infractions that I, that I come across out there. Whether it be if you're working at night with nighttime operations, having darks versus clear. So make sure you do yourself a favor. Have both a dark pair and a clear pair. My rule of thumb is when the light plant comes on, that's when you have to switch back into your clears. You know, when your visit, visibility is starting to get affected, that is when you really want to uh, go back to your clear safety glasses. Now, if you work indoors, you work in a factory, you work in a steel mill, you work in some kind of general industry, you know, you're going to have clear safety glasses, but with your darks, you know, for the guys that work construction, midstream, oil and gas, you know, upstream projects, those are uh, almost needed during the day. Um, we had a little bit of sun today, thankfully, yeah. first time in yeah. weeks. And um, yeah, my eyes were not adjusted at all, and it was uh, <laughs> difficult. Uh, looking up in the derrick and different things like that so uh yeah always be prepared and the safety glasses that come uh and sit on the forehead you know they're not doing much much good sitting up there and i know the biggest complaint i think i get it is the the fogging that goes on when you have your ambient temperatures are so low yeah. and people either wear you know face shields neck garters whatever something to cover up their their nose and their mouth will have fogs up their glasses and there's not enough anti-fog wipes in the world to prevent that from happening. Um, so. I found that the antiseptic wipes in the first aid kit work better than the anti-fog wipes. Well, you know what works better than all that? Just making sure that, uh, and I know some guys naturally put off a lot of body heat too, and that's another <laughs> thing, but, uh, just wear your glasses just a little bit lower on the bridge of the nose there and allow yeah. more airflow. So allow some air to be able to take that heat out of the, uh, the glasses right there, the top of the frames kind of seal it in. Yeah. You have a high eyebrow like I do. It seals it in <laughs> and it doesn't allow that, that uh, heat to escape and, and ultimately causes up a lot of fogging. And so just wear a little bit lower, not too low, because then you're defeating the purpose of a safety glass, uh, the ANSI Z871 standard uh, for safety glasses. But you have to have the appropriate eye protection for the task. Now, you know, if we're talking welding and cutting, you know, we're going to be using 
different uh, different PPE for those tasks. But you know, just the basics of it: uh, safety glasses, steel toe steel toe boots, and then glove requirements. So there are a ton of different gloves out there. They all have different ANSI ratings for cut resistance and for uh, reduction of of injuries with the the amount of padding that they had have on them. Now, with uh, welding and cutting, of course, you're going to have different different gloves for those operations as well. Uh, but what primarily I deal with it in the upstream uh, industry is med- uh, metacarpal gloves, right? Metacarpal, metacarpal yes, gloves? Yes, metacarpal. So we have metacarpals and we have metatarsals, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, the impact gloves, basically. Right, so they have a certain level of ANSI cut resistance to them. Now, there's a bunch of different brands out there, from Rigger all the way down to uh, mechanics. Yeah, wear. things that you can get off the, the shelf at at your local uh, sheets or part store, part store <laughs> wherever the case may be. So, price is a big uh, determining factor. What companies go with what? Uh, but I would tell you your HSC, your purchase, purchasing manor, manager, excuse me, uh, you know, using the, the two Fastenal, right, and uh, using the Big Red and Big Blue. I'll, I'll keep it at that. Using the yeah. two majors and two minors, right, be able to haggle the price down in the amount of units that they're going to be buying uh, for employees over a period, given, uh, given period of time, excuse me. You know, able to get some cost reduction built in there. And that's one of the, the hard things if for HSC managers is to be able to negotiate a price per unit with our vendor group. Sometimes we can we can uh, get more for less, especially if we intend on buying other parts and and different fittings and, you know, materials from that particular vendor. Um but I, my rule of thumb is always have four. Uh, so the two majors and then two local, right? Always give the opportunity for local vendors to compete for the work. And uh, many organizations already pretty much have, you know, either Granger or Fastenal. And their sales yeah. reps are, are always fighting back and forth to secure more fasteners or more products. So I always uh, jump in the mix with the safety items, whether it be face shields, gloves, um, you know, whatever the case may be. But that's one of the difficulties of getting the highest level of protection for the cheapest price. Now, for the average employee, that means absolutely nothing. But for any HSE personnel listening, that's part of our our daily uh our daily task. So if there's a safety store that sells them for cheaper, you know, or it can get them from cheaper. Perfect. Um, but yeah, that we spent a lot of time trying to negotiate and haggle prices and trying to get more bang for our bucks, more PPE, high level of cut resistance, whatever the case may be for whatever type of PPE that we're buying for our employees. So, somebody who's been a HSC manager, it's difficult in that arena, you know, to, to really, if we're talking about two, 300 employees, you're talking about, you know, selling 200 units and that's just outfit everybody with one pair of gloves. Right. 
So yeah. when you're talking about, uh, you know, setting a PPE mandate, like you get X amount of gloves per month or per, per shift or whatever the case may be, or using a vending machine, you know, it, it's really one of those things in this unique time that the cost reduction, right? And I think everybody has to buy in on this. PPE always has a cost. Injuries always have a cost. And somewhere in the middle lies the safety rep between operations <laughs> and the general employees making it all work, right? And so that's one of the challenges and that's one of the things that uh, I enjoy is finding good solutions for both, right? So we know we have to, because PPE is the last line of defense. How the hierarchy of controls go, you try to engineer out a hazard. If you can't, use administrative controls. Uh, so that would be chains, tape, signs, barriers, that type of thing, Live, uh, confined space permits, hot work permits, right? So you try to control the hazard as much as possible. And your last line of defense against accident and injuries is PPE, right? So how can we protect the employee performing that task, you know, with some administrative controls in place? So we're trying to, trying to, uh, basically at the end of the day, everyone's going to go home. We're trying to achieve that goal using those hierarchy controls and it's task dependent, right? So each task that we get into, if you work in general industry, if you work at a factory setting, you do the same repetitious thing all day. It's kind of easy to build in those, those, those steps. But if you work in a fast changing environment, whether it be construction or oil and gas, or, uh, you know, if you're a welder or, or, you know, rig welder or whatever the case may be, you have to think on your feet in fast changing environments and be prepared with your personal protective equipment. I always tell guys, carry a box of it. You'll thank yourself later. So you don't have to deal with a safety guy like me, whether you're on a job somewhere and where's your safety glasses, where's your face shield. A lot of, a lot of my day is spent just in pre-planning tasks with employees. So I have the unique ability to be involved in pretty much anything and everything that's going on in a specific area. And I get to talk to these guys and give them, you know, general reminders and pre-plan the task and pre-plan the PPE. And if they don't have it, you know, I, I come up with solutions out of the box, whether it be going to a different vendor uh, that's on the same location and uh, getting a face shield or getting a pair of gloves and, really playing devil's advocate there. So at the end of the day, everyone goes home. That's, that's my goal. You know, I always say you're going to go home tired and, and horny, but you're going to go home with all your digits and yeah. you may not be happy with me at the end of the day. And we don't have to go get beers, but you're going home. Right. And the job's going to get done. That's it. That's what it's all about. And I left my feelings at the gate and uh, you know, we're going to make it a productive day. So Yeah, I, I, gloves are are uh, kind of a sticky subject with me. I've worked places that you you get more gloves than you'll ever use in a year, and then I've walked into places. Here's a pair of safety glasses. Here's a pair of earplugs. Uh, where's my gloves? Oh, you got to buy your own. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, and uniquely, I'll tell so, you. Those organizations that provide the bare minimum and provide the bare minimum training, 
Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh, I worked there five months. In the last two months, every day, my front car tires would come off the road into the parking lot. I would start to have chest pain. Well, I'll tell you, their accident injury costs uh, at the end of the year are probably uh, pretty high, and if you know, eventually they're going to have some OSHA activity, whether it be a letter or oh, yeah. inspection. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So. Have. When I, when I hear stories from employees about organizations like that, I know already, look, you know, without even having to look up the, the company's name or you tell me that, uh, that those are, are high, there's a high probability that that's the case. And you got to think as if I, if I own this business, would I want to pay a high accident injury cost at the end of the year, right, for... No, I'd rather buy yeah. buy gloves. And so that's that's sometimes <laughs> the hardest thing is is getting uh, your managers or your owners, your leadership on board with that that uh, mentality. Um, uh oh. Oh, they had a Alexa was set for a timer. They're they got some game, and you half of the pieces have to be ice. So they were set a timer to make ice oh, okay <laughs> when you yeah, say ice so. i'm thinking icy towers oh. you know that computer game when we were kids oh yeah no this is uh i think it's i think it's frozen trouble with the characters from frozen all right well we I got about know. 10 more minutes so i'm gonna wrap up the, the safety topic and just have a general conversation here but the biggest thing i want everybody listening to this podcast to uh, to retain is at the hierarchy of controls. So the first level, we're going to try to engineer out the hazard, and if we can't do that, we're going to employ some administrative controls, meaning your hot work permits, your confined space, your signs, your tapes, your barriers, those types of things. Uh, limit amount of time inside, you know, or this exposure, that type of thing, and the last line is PPE, last line defense. So respiratory protection, uh, chemical splash protection, footwear, it's all task specific. And it's the uh, company's responsibility to evaluate that task and provide the employees with the PPE necessary to complete that task. And so that is that is like the core mission of every safety guy out there is to evaluate a task, evaluate what PPE is needed, right? Can we engineer it out? If we can't, what administrative controls can we put in place? If we can't, what PPE, whether it be fall protection, whether it be chemical splash, whatever, respiratory, whatever the case may be, that is our end goal. So. As an employee, because I've been on both sides of the fence, been a safety guy, and I've been a general employee, and I can tell you as an employee, you know, I, I take that responsibility to make sure that I wear the correct level PPE necessary for that hazard, right? Obviously, there's some when it comes to dealing with chemicals that you just, it creates that little disturbance in your stomach that, uh, you know, I know I, it's just like the firefight, firefighting mentality. I know I need to work on my SCBA. This is, you know what I mean? Thick black smoke, yeah. you can't see your feet. You have to be 
on air, right? It's that uh, yeah. the morality in you that that tells you, you know, the parents inside of you that tells you you need to do something, right? So yep. if everybody listening just takes that mindset that we all have a responsibility and we all have a right to wear PPE, right? So your responsibility is wear it, but you also have a right to be provided to you. Now, each company varies depending on what what type of uh, risk they want to take on there, but yeah. Yeah. So, How you been, buddy? Oh, I've been, we've been good. Oh. Finangled uh, two vacation days into 11 oh, days that's off. that's nice. Yeah, over the uh, over the, the what week did you of do? New Year's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a whole lot of nothing. Hung out with the boys. That was about it. Slept in. You know, I know you don't like getting up at four in the morning. Now, I'll tell you, uh, I had uh, three days off here last weekend to see my son. But other than that, I have 16 more days to go. So, 16, 17. Yeah, 17 more days to go until I get another set of days off. So, yeah. So, yeah, I know Monday it was it was it was pretty tough getting up at four to go to work. So, <laughs> and every everybody at work's like, "Well, why do you get up at four? You live ten minutes away." I'm like, "Yeah. What time do I get here? And what time do you get here?" I'm usually the second person in the well. Lot. Let's let's be honest. You get up at four. <laughs> you you update your OnlyFans account. You have some breakfast. Yeah. You say goodbye to the kiddos. You know. Yeah. Then make that side money. Oh, if, if they're if they're up, it's gonna be a rough day after work. <laughs> hey, everybody's gotta have a side hustle. They, they. I'll tell you yeah. what. Here's here's a here's yeah. a good uh, financial investment right right now. So it is the beginning of January 2021, and Bitcoin since the first of January has gone retarded nuts it's doubled in the last month <laughs> if you're not into crypto i i would highly advise you go out there uh <laughs> i use coinbase so this is not sponsored by coinbase but i that's what i use to do all my trading and um uh, i i bury all mine in the backyard well i'm telling you the the uh um, the articles i've been reading um you know the the speculation is that Bitcoin's going to increase to hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, or three hundred thousand by the end of twenty twenty one, and right now forty thousand dollars will get you one Bitcoin. But there's other cryptocurrencies out there that you can invest in that are eleven cents. Um, I invested another one that's sitting about twelve hundred. I own one one coin, and just thinks just think to yourself if that doubles and triples the investment. And it's a buy and sell type yeah. of thing. But, uh, you know, I tell guys, you know, take $100, right? This is a challenge. Everybody listen. Take $100, get them Coinbase, link your bank account, and just $100. Put it on crypto, set it, and forget it. Don't even, don't even think about it. We waste more $100 on, on lunch on, or entertainment or whatever the case oh, may dude. be or – Nate, we know all your subscriptions to the OnlyFans. But 
Oh yes, like oh well, yeah, easily. Come back on those OnlyFans there, and uh, then you know, <laughs> just put the, leave it in there, and if it triples or you know, in a in a six month period, you're ahead. Coinbase Coinbase takes out a little uh, fee for the trade, but you know, at the end of the day, that's money you made doing absolutely nothing. You know what I mean? And crypto yeah. is is unfortunately so many companies have bought crypto so many you know people have invested in crypto it's not like the 2017 little uh bubble and then crash i think this here to stay there are too many people talking about it way too invested in it i don't think it's going to back down so all the speculation is going to go up so if people want to go out there and and make a little investment, make a little money on their investment, this is a great investment opportunity. Yeah, I just uh, I just bought some silver not too long ago, so I see that it's it's already gone up some, so. Everything goes up except, but, except for the paychecks, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. We uh, De- December uh, the insurance company decided that uh, since everybody didn't get to use uh, their insurance as much last year that they were going to waive December's premiums. So the company decided that they'd just pass the savings back on to us. So them checks were nice when they didn't take insurance out for those two checks. (laughs) And then, you know, no incentives or overtime on, on one week, just having vacation and holiday pay and then one week of incentives and no overtime. Uh, yeah. Paycheck was, was really, really short. This, this thing. So, but that's all right. It'll be back up there now. Back to work, working every day. That's definitely a good thing, brother. Oh yeah. So I did, uh, Thursday, they, uh, Wednesday told us, Oh, we're going to work Friday. All right, no problem. I was like, well, we're about out of parts that I'm working on. So if I bust my ass Thursday, maybe I won't have to come in Friday. So I run 100 parts over rate for the day and still had to go in on Friday. <laughs> Let me tell you, much didn't get done on Friday. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> so, Oh, yeah. So 240 parts in 10 hours when rate's only 140. So, Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And then come in Friday, there was, I don't know, there was 40 parts left. So I welded those up. And then the the big boss man come out and was like, you got all this left over? I'm like, yeah, there was junk parts. He goes over to the junk parts box. He's like, fix those. Damn it. (laughs) Get out the grinder. Can't have your your scrap count. Your scrap count can't be that high. Well, it was, uh, well, they, the part I do, you don't scrap on my, my part. It's because the parts come in from another supplier. Okay. So, and they're consistently shitty <laughs> and the consistency is the same spot. Well, you're, you're QA, so, QC uh, person. And, and on 17, I think there was 1700 parts and I had, 
17 no well, I ended up fixing 13 parts to to finish that out so there was I think seven parts bad parts but it takes three individual parts to make one that I make and I ended up having extras so if you if you don't have enough of any one of the three you can't build well, obviously. more so yeah, so some of them I probably could have used, but they're trying to bring that uh, the production of those parts back in house. So we've been, if they're questionable, scrap them. Got to keep that quality, so, that quality insurance up, you know. Oh yeah, and well, they're coming from across the water, so damn Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> they, no, no, another another sea country. Uh, yeah. not oh, I just I, I I'm so. working with a bunch of Canadians, so I get to pick up my brothers from up north oh, a little bit. Like, does it smell like? Does it smell like? Maple no, but syrup? there's some nice mustaches. Yeah. Oh, uh, I know we got some Canadian steel in at the last shop I worked at, and when you welded on it, it smelled like. I think maple that was syrup. you just imagining maple syrup, buddy. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. We we got a bunch of stuff in now that we're doing for uh, the shell plant in Franklin County, um, and they're supposedly building another one, and they're going to order another two thousand of these stupid hose reels that I can't stand building. So, but hey, yeah. it's money. And then we did. Uh, uh, maintenance platforms we didn't have to build them but we painted them and what we got paid to paint them for two days was yeah so it was kind of name your price they need to be done so but we built a bunch of different stuff for that shell plant oh, for the down okay and, uh, columbus yeah yeah for franklin county what well, i think it's a, i think it's just outside yeah, downstream it's a community plant. I don't. I don't deal with uh, yeah, the so. downstream side of the operation. I'm more upstream, midstream. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, we've been. Uh, we're getting into that stuff, and uh, you had good holidays, right? Yeah. So. Oh, always, always. Ate too much, drank too much. Didn't sleep enough. So, yeah. It's all. It was. It was good, boys. You know, I got socks yeah, and underwear as usual. Though. So, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's been a long time since I've seen. I one know of those. we were uh, snowed. So. Had plenty of snow on location. Oh yeah, that's the the wife said. Uh, I've been out of uh, landscape uh, two thousand beginning of two thousand eighteen. So uh, she's like, this is like first Christmas in a long time that you haven't been in a plow truck or haven't, you know, needed to be in a plow truck. I'm like, has it? I'm like, wow, it's weird seeing snow and not having to go take a nap in the middle of the day because I know I'm going to be out at midnight putting salt down. Yeah, you're plowing plowing something, but it's not snow, buddy. Oh, no, she gets pregnant every time I touch her. That's your fault. I don't even. I this don't week even, on Tool Time, we're talking bar. about. I only take that thing. Protection. <laughs> Part of your PPE for your sexual experiences. Yeah, oh, I just use that go. pull and pray method. So. 
Yeah, that's uh, I was Friday. If I didn't work, I was going to go talk to my buddy at the towing company, and that's his line. He's like, I go to these these Wreckmaster classes, and they're like, how do you figure out what kind of weight weight you're pulling and how to how to rig your lines and stuff? And Paulie's always like, I do it the same way I have sex, pull and pray. <laughs> how much is it? How much is weigh three fat girls? Uh, Denny's, you pick. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but Paul, yeah, Paul, he's, he's like, I'm not a good public speaker. I'm like, dude, it's me, you, and my phone. <laughs> oh, uh, we're getting all over the place with this conversation, buddy. Oh, you you haven't listened to some of the other ones. I let Grandpa listen to it. Now, Grandpa's 79 years old, and I get a text back. He's like, the further off topic topic you get is directly related to how much beer is being consumed. I'm like, I think you're right. What rabbit hole are we going down tonight? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the last one was AI. We were talking about robots and stuff. It didn't really get too far off topic. So, because they bought a robot. You guys first. were talking about sex robots. I get it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, hey, that's where mine's from. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I'm divorced. I'm allowed to say <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, well, I'm going to, I'll let you go, get your sleep so you can get up and get her out of here again. Tomorrow. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for another so. wonderful episode. Man. And... Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll do this once a month. We'll catch you in February. And good. I, I think you alluded on the topic, uh, how not to get pregnant in February. I did. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, out on out on the. Out Don't on let the your road. your <laughs> wife meet your girlfriend. How to survive Valentine's Day? Oh yeah. From the safety guy's perspective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, all right. Well, brother, you stay safe out there. Keep warm. Oh, you know I can't dry. do that. All right. Oh, awesome. yeah. We'll talk. Catch you later. So, all right. Bye. All right, man.